It is Saturday, July 20th, and this is The Rally. Hey everybody, Adam Giardino with you, and it's time for another episode of The Rally. The Rail Riders come in, quite frankly, off their toughest loss of the season. They didn't get blown out, but they were just a couple of outs away from victory and had a gigantic lead before Louisville came coming back. The Louisville Bats entered with the worst record in the International League, and the Rail Riders... They grew a comfortable lead against them. Trey Ambergie homered in the second, and then it was a pitcher's duel from there. It was a one nothing game going into the bottom of the seventh inning. Brody Kerner was magnificent, a maestro on the mound. Seven and two-thirds innings, five hits, no runs, eight strikeouts. So Kerner was great. And it was still one nothing Rail Riders when, in the bottom of the seventh inning, there were two outs, nobody on. And then walk, single, walk. Booted the relief pitcher Eric Stout from the game. He came on in back of Vladimir Gutierrez, who was great, with one run over six innings. But after that, Justin Grimm came in. And it was rather grim for Louisville when Zach Zayner was finished at the plate. A ball and a strike. Zayner swings and flies one in the air to right field. This is hit well. This sends Aquino back at the wall. He leaps. It's gone! It hits the top of the wall and gets out for a grand slam. This one nothing game here in the seventh has been blown wide open by Zach Zayner. It was 5 nothing then. The Rail Riders added a run in the bottom of the eighth inning, and it was 6 nothing going to the ninth. And the inning began with a home run from Aristides Aquino. Two batters later, Alex Blandino homered. Double single followed the second homer of the inning and Louisville sent pinch hitter Chadwick Tromp to the plate. He connected on his first home run of the season. And so, six batters into the ninth inning, Louisville had put up five runs, and there was still only one out. They trailed by a run, and the next man up, Narciso Crook, he homered as well. A four-homer inning plated six runs for Louisville. Just the second time in franchise history they've hit four homers in a frame dating all the way back to July of 2000. It's been nearly 20 years since the last time that Louisville had done what they did last night, much less doing it to tie the game. So we go to the 10th, and Louisville plates two runs. The Rail Riders have two aboard in the 10th inning with nobody out, but a strikeout and a double play end it, and Scranton Wilkes-Barre falls 8-6 in a game where they had a six-run lead with three outs to go. We zipped over that rather quickly. Yes, we did, but... Before yesterday's game, we had a great conversation, and one with some more optimism. Brian Hoke of MLB.com was at the ballpark yesterday along with Mark Feinsand, and the two of them were signing copies, selling copies of their book Mission 27, recapping the 2009 World Series championship by the New York Yankees. When we talked to both of them yesterday, they both intimated that they felt that this year's Yankees team had a lot of that same feel, the same tenacity that the 2009 squad did, but That's what we talked to Brian Hoke about, the book in general, and many other topics about the New York Yankees then and now. Back in the Rail Riders pregame show, and we're joined by a very special guest today, Brian Hoke, who's here at the ballpark promoting a new book that he wrote with Mark Feinsand, Mission 27. And first of all, just thanks for taking some time out of your night to join us. And I guess... uh, Titled maybe a little self-evident, but but what is Mission 27 all about? Of course, yeah. It's the uh, 
2009 Yankees, 10 years later, and I can't believe it's been a decade already. But, um, you know, Mark and I were talking about a project that we might be able to work on together. And uh, we are obviously we're both covering the Yankees in 2009, uh, me for MLB.com, where I still am. And uh, he was with the New York Daily News at the time. And um, the more we kept talking about story ideas or book ideas, we kept going back to 2009. And it was such a pivotal year for the Yankee franchise. They obviously went out and Spent money on CC Sabathia, AJ Burnett, Mark Teixeira, made a big trade for Nick Swisher, and and we know how the book is going to end. They win the World Series, they beat the Phillies in six games, but um, they were moving from the old stadium to the new one. That you close this historic building and you open this new cathedral across the street, across 161st Street, and um, you know just digging back into that year, I feel like. The stories were told then, but we didn't get the complete story. And that's really what we wanted to do was go back and track down as many guys from that 2009 team as we could. And it was a lot of fun doing the project. It was kind of like, I say it's kind of like going to your high school reunion and hanging out with everybody and catching up. And um, really, we learned a lot about that 09 team. And I feel like it was underappreciated at the time because you had all these stars on that team, and you figure, all right, they win the 09 World Series, they're probably going to win again in 10, 11, 12, and it didn't happen. So now, 10 years later, you look up, and that's the most recent championship, and uh, I feel like I gained a greater appreciation for that team just by doing this. Yeah, when you were going through that, obviously just tease us a little bit, you don't have to yeah. get into everything, but what was something surprising that you learned that maybe you didn't realize before? Gosh, my favorite chapter in the book is about Alex Rodriguez's birthday party, and A-Rod had, I mean, this is a team that really hung out together and enjoyed their, their selves off the field and um, CeCe Sabathia was a huge part of that that's part of the reason they wanted to go sign him that contract they wanted what he brought to clubhouses in Cleveland and Milwaukee because the Yankees did not have that they you know they were very professional and businesslike but they weren't really a family the way that 09 team was and um, so yeah I I think that the A-Rod birthday party, he was dating Kate Hudson at the time, and um, he had a mansion out in Westchester, and, and we got these great stories from everybody on the team, and we never would have got this in 09, but now guys have been retired a few years, they're happy to talk about things, and um, it's just this wild pool party at this mansion in Westchester, and it's very swanky, they had Nobu catered it, and everybody was in, you know, their dressed, you know, tuxedos and, and stuff, and by the end of the night, A.J. Burnett and C.C. Sabathia looked at this giant Olympic-sized swimming pool, and they said, you know we're all ending up in that pool, right? <laughs> and um, so you know, they, they weren't sure how A-Rod was going to react to that, but he was game for it, and he was one of the first people in the pool, and you know everybody's in. Nobody took out their cell phones or wallets. They're just in the pool, and um, there was one guy on the team, Dave Robertson, did not want to get in because he was a rookie, and A-Rod had just bought him this $2,000 suit, and he didn't want to mess up the suit, and Kevin Long, the hitting coach at the time, pulled Robertson aside eventually and was like, just get in the pool. He'll buy you another suit. And so that's my favorite chapter in the book. But there's a lot of stuff like that because this team enjoyed um, playing together and they enjoyed hanging out together. And 10 years later, they love talking about it. Yeah, I was going to say this as we're talking with Brian Hoke from the book Mission 27. It's out now, right? That you wrote with Mark Feinstein. And it seems like it's something that not only Yankees fans can enjoy, but for me personally, I grew up a Mets fan. The way you're selling it, it's like, all right, I got to make sure I get out and get this because it sounds like it's just full of all kinds of great stories from that team. I, I think it, it's kind of a time capsule, too, of what baseball was like 10 years ago because I don't think some of these things in the book would still happen today. I think mm-hmm. now you walk into a clubhouse, and, and this is not for better or for worse, but there's a part in the uh, in the book where I talk about the closing of the old stadium and how people are walking around the warning track with their little click cameras, and you realize <laughs> that... 
the iPhone has barely been invented in 2009. So, like, the world has changed. There's no, there's barely any Twitter. Um, you know, they, the social media landscape has changed. And I think that guys are more protective now of their privacy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're more secluded now, too. And when I walk into the Yankee Clubhouse, I see a lot of guys just with their earbuds in and staring under their phones. And that's not the way it was in 2009. That was really a group. I mean, they did things like they had the outings. They, they went out and had billiards tournaments and spring training. They, uh, you know, they, they had a kangaroo court where Mariano Rivera got fined for uh, teaching Roy Halladay his cutter. Um, yeah, this team was a, was a unit, and they were great on the field. They won 103 games, and they took care of business in the postseason, but it was just a fun team to be around. And when Mark and I kept doing these interviews with guys, that really shone through. I was going to say, and just kind of one more thing before we let you go and, and kind of get back out to meeting and greeting fans, signing books here at PNC Field tonight. You talked about, you know, this year's Yankee team. Obviously, you've seen them up close. We've seen them from afar. What has it been like to just see guys basically come up from here in Scranton and whether it's Gio or Shella or, or whoever, just kind of take that step and keep this team to where it's got the best record in baseball. It makes me wonder what you guys are putting in the water here <laughs> because whatever it is, keep doing it. It's working. Um, look, if, if you look – if. I left spring training. You told me Luis Severino's not going to pitch an inning for this team. Dylan Batances won't. You're barely going to have Giancarlo Stanton. He played nine games. Judge is going to get hurt. Um, Andujar's going to play, what, three games and then get hurt? Uh, and they're still going to be in first place and have the best record in baseball? Yeah. No chance. I, I So, I mean, Urshela, you mentioned, he was barely a guy we even talked to in spring training. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was there, but you figured Andujar's a starting third baseman, and, you know, I'm sure this Urshela guy will be down in AAA and – um, he's been fantastic, and it's really been that next man up mentality. And um, yeah, all the credit has to go to Aaron Boone. I think you know you saw his explosion on the field. He really has the players' backs. Uh, they they embrace that. But I think he's done a masterful job of plugging it in, having these guys believe that okay, whoever gets hurt, next man up, we'll take care of it. Um, and you know. It, you just go down the list, and they have had an all-star team on the injured list this year, and they're still getting it done on the field. So it's been remarkable to watch. And, um, you know, just like in 2009, you get the sense that something special is happening in the Bronx. Big thanks to Brian for being our pregame guest yesterday, and thanks to you for making the rally part of your day today. We've got first pitch tonight at 6.35, the middle game of a three-game set between the scranton Wilkesbury Rail Riders and the Louisville Bats. Davey Garcia set to be on the mound for his second AAA start after giving up three runs over five innings in his AAA debut five days ago. Pre-game coverage begins at 6.05. Myself and Joe Vasile on the radio call tonight. You can catch all of the action on the Rail Riders Radio Network, the TuneIn Radio app, and on the MILB First Pitch app as well. I'm Adam Giardino. Follow me on Twitter. I'm at Adam Giardino. G-I-A-R-D-I-N-O. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you later tonight.